Hello, everyone. This is Tommy at World of War Comics, and we have another amazing podcast for you today. But before we get into that, remember, Cien Chili's is the sponsor of our podcast. Please go to cnchilies.com, pick up your hot sauce, and use comics in the checkout, and you will save 15% off your entire bill. That's right. Just put comics in the checkout, and you will save 15%. It's C-I-E-N-C-H-I-L-E-S.com. And then remember, Comic Crusaders, that is also one of the sponsors of our podcast. I'm a writer for um, Comic Crusaders. Go to ComicCrusaders.com and you'll find all kinds of reviews on movies, on comics, and even on music. All right, without further ado, I'm super excited to announce that we have Tom Levine, writer extraordinaire. He's written nine novels. He's an award-winning writer. Um, He wrote five issues of Spawn with Todd McFarlane and... He has a Kickstarter that's about to start October 3rd called The Exorcist. Go to Kickstarter, look up Exorcist, or go to the link that will be in the comment section. Make sure you go there and hit the notification button on the Kickstarter. That way you're notified when it goes live. All right, without further ado, here is Tom and I. Enjoy. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to World at War Comics. I'm super excited to introduce Tom Levine. Tom, thank you for joining us today writer extraordinaire we'll talk about that but he's done a lot and uh, i'm super happy to have you my friend no thank you for having me this is really cool uh, and yeah i'm ready i'm ready let's do it let's go let's do it so I, i'd like to kind of start from the beginning if, with everybody just to kind of understand um how you became the writer that you are so let, let's start with comic books did you grow up a comic book fan and did you have comics growing up or not till like later in life it was mostly later um, yeah. when I was when I was a little kid. I didn't really. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't around them. Um, I didn't yeah. have. I'm. I'm the seventh seventh of seven um, brothers and sisters. Wow. But the, the next youngest is like ten or twelve years older than me. Okay. Yeah. A little so, like, bit of gap. Have, yeah, we didn't have that whole thing going on, so yeah. I wasn't really exposed to it. But then in high school, I had friends who were. Yeah. Um, and like I remember very clearly, there's that uh, sort of uh, iconic Wolverine cover, um, the green background with the crossbow, yeah. and he's lightness like. So I used that actually when we get to that um, for one of my uh, Kickstarter covers. So I'm like, oh, oh, got to do my homage to to that <laughs> one. It always stuck in my mind. That's awesome. Yeah. So I wasn't. We um, didn't really grow up with them, but I I came to appreciate them. Through my friends, yeah, and uh, and of course now as a kid I did grow up with like when uh, I'm I don't want to guess your age, but I'm gonna yeah I'm, I'm, gonna a, I'm almost fifty I'm forty eight oh perfect okay so yes yeah. yeah, so we're in the same cohort right yeah. and we had, <laughs> uh, the Incredible Hulk on TV oh yeah those terrible '70s Spider-Man movies <laughs> were on, which so were just bad. like oh but it's Spider-Man right <laughs> we had Spider-Man on the Electric Company do you remember yeah. Spider-Man and the Electric Company oh my god <laughs> that was awesome we had yeah. Wonder Woman yeah. so like we had that, that was more like, those were my superheroes, like growing up with those guys, you know? Um, And then comics came, came much later. And um, it just, and it's, it's just such a fascinating Mm -hmm. different way to tell stories. So yeah. 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 That's awesome. Well, let's talk about writing though, because you're quite a writer. When did (laughs) that passion for writing, did did that happen in school or was that later as well? No, that was early. That was very, very early. Um, So, you know, in, in school, when you're like that, that, elementary school level right yeah. there's the teacher that nobody wants to get yeah. right that one you know and you know yeah. what i'm talking about right oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> and and i got her second grade and i was like oh no so yeah she was so scary terrified me and we had an assignment to write a short story and when i say write a short story i mean on that like that brown recycled <laughs> with yeah. the blue lines on it remember that yeah yeah so i wrote my story turned it in and she calls me up to her desk and says, Tommy, I want you to rewrite this story and make it longer. And tomorrow morning, read it to the first graders. And I'm like, oh my God, what did I do? I'm being punished for something. I don't even know what it is, right? So I do it because she scares me to death. I rewrite yeah. it, make it longer. <laughs> she reads it, sends me next door to the first graders. And I, because I, everybody, you know, loves uh, public speaking, right? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> So I go next door and I'm just sitting there like, you know, yeah, terrified, for sure, for sure. shaking. And then I look up and I see 31st graders just like, you know, they're just, whatever's going to happen, they are dialed in. And at yeah. that moment, I'm no joke. I'm like seven, eight years old. I'm like, 
I got this. Yeah, that's awesome. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. I want to be up in front of people and I'm going to tell stories. And I, so that's when I started writing fiction and just never really stopped. Um, And then I didn't take it serious. Like I didn't try to do it professionally until, let's see, until like 2005, 2006, something Mm -hmm. like that. So it was a long time. Yeah. Um, I ran a couple of different theater companies in the meantime. Um, so I was very, very into theater, did 22 years altogether, wow. like 16 seasons of, of theater as an artistic director. Yeah. Um, but the thing about that, and, and I think you, and I think your viewers will appreciate, um, this sort of perspective is, um, with, with theater, I know that I'm, I can pick out a show or I can write a play yeah. or whatever and cast it and direct it and produce it in like eight weeks done. And I'll have an audience and they will yeah. clap or they will whatever, they'll buy tickets. And so there's almost like a like an like a hit yeah. that you get. Like it's an instant storytelling hit, right? Um, and you can do four or five of those a year versus a comic book or a novel. Yeah. Like you're talking six months, a year, sometimes longer. Yeah. Um, so I think I really got addicted. Um, as as a much younger storyteller, I would say mm-hmm. to theater for that reason, like oh, I can get instant feedback, and it's this yeah. ongoing, you know, sort of grind to churn out as many stories as possible. And you can't do that when it comes to publishing. So, yeah. so I didn't take it too seriously until much much later. Yeah. Well, since you did have all that experience um, telling stories in theater, so mm-hmm. you've done theater, you've done a novel. And then you've done a comic book. My assumption is if you had to choose out of those three, your favorite, would it still be the theater? Oh, dude, that's a messed up question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great. It's a good question. I, um, it is not theater at the moment. Yeah. Um, we we kind of stopped right around the time my my first kid was born. Okay. Because uh, okay. theater is a younger man's game. Like it's, it? yeah. <laughs> it's very much at night. It's very yeah. much weekends, you know, and like you just don't have that once the kids kind of show up. Um, and the other thing with theater as a director in particular, I think I directed like 30 shows or something like that over the course of those 22 years. And I kind of said everything I wanted to say, yeah. you know, I got to this place after the last show. I was like, I, and I'm, I'm good. Like I, I kind of did all the shows I wanted to do. There's a couple more I wouldn't mind doing at some point, maybe down the road, once the kids are kind of grown up and whatever. But if I had to choose a format, it would probably be prose. It would be like novellas or novels. Yeah. Um, but that's not to say, you know, the thing about, about, you know, creators like you and me is that we have this IP, right? We have yeah. this world that we create. Yeah. And, and this is something I'm, I'm preaching it now because I want so many creators to understand this. Like mm-hmm. don't think of it as a comic book or yeah. a novel or a movie. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is an IP. This is a huge mm-hmm. piece of pie or a huge yeah. pie that you're dealing with. How many sections can we cut this into? Um, and I know we're going to talk about Spawn in a, in, a, in a little bit here, but like the same thing, like let's let's do a movie and some toys and some comics and some books and some this and that. And like it's endless, the amount of things you can create. And so that's what I'm more focused on now is like, let's build a world and then cut it up into as many different uh, mediums and formats as possible, you know? So if I had to choose, I would do long form fiction, yeah. but I don't have to choose. So you let's don't have not, to choose. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, well let's kind of move into the novels and what i would really like to know is what were you able to take from directing that really helped you become such an amazing writer when it comes to novels like what were some of those aspects that really kind of you were able to bring over to the the writing side on the novels thank you very much for asking that that is a wonderful question and uh i can tell you immediately that it was dialogue um, um yeah. Because that's 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 my default as a fiction writer is, right. is dialogue. Because yeah. in theater, that's what you get. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've ever been to you know one of these big you know Broadway sized plays like La Mis or Phantom of the Opera, you know whatever any yeah. of those, they're 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 spectacles, mm-hmm. right? And and they have to be in order to charge the admission that they charge and to sell the tickets <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Right. However, a good actor, a skilled and trained professional uh, actor or singer can do that show on a bare stage wearing street clothes, yeah, right? Yeah. Because all they, this is it. This is what you get as yeah. a performer. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're doing, whether it's a straight play or a musical, or whatever, all you really have to play with is the the story and the words that you're exchanging with other actors. And so after 20 years of that, yeah. that's kind of where I got attuned. Mm. And you can see it in the work, I would argue, um, yeah. in a lot of my published stuff. 
Uh, like some of my books, I don't even tell you what people look like. And it's not necessarily on purpose that way, yeah. but like, I don't care. I'm worried about the interaction. I want to see these people That's talk awesome. to each other, you know? So that is without doubt, the number one thing that I, I brought from theater over to, to prose for sure. Wow. Well, then you get into comics though, and the dialogue plus the visual is extremely important, right? Because the visual also has to tell a portion of the story. So how was that transition knowing mm -hmm. that you did dialogue and it was such a, a important part of your novels where you, you can bring that over to comics, but you also have the visual that you have to work with. And you're not in charge necessarily of what that visual is going to look like unless <laughs> you're the artist too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so on, on the one hand, one of the great benefits of theater transitioning into comics is that it's it's a group project like there's yeah. no question wow. even even as you have somebody uh who is in charge of the whole thing like who ultimately is responsible for everything that happens as the yeah. as the creator or the director or whatever you're mm -hmm. still working on a team you, i mean yeah. you know obviously there are people who 100 do their everything for their own comic book um, right. i've I'm not an artist. I can't do that. Yeah. Um, so I have to have a team with me. And so that's helpful. Like that, yeah. that experience of learning how to work with other creative people mm -hmm. certainly ports over and, and it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, that being said, there isn't a, uh, a point for point comparison. I think I'm learning actually mm -hmm. with comic books and theater because mm -hmm. in theater, or in a novel, much, you know, never mind, you know, a longer work like that, you have all the space in the world. You can take time and and talk all you want to, and it's fine. In a comic book, like, dude, you have to be really mindful of each word. How much room do you have in that bubble? How much room do you have in this page? How many panels? Yeah. Um, and when I started, I mean, I had, you know, I had 10 panels and everybody's talking all the time. And it's like, no, you can't. <laughs> you can. That's it awesome. won't work. Yeah, you yeah, know? exactly. Uh, yeah. So I'm still, you know, very, very much uh, a student of comic books and there's the, i mean the the amount of detail um, yeah. that a really good comic book creator whether it's artist writer whatever just yeah. kind of knows it's in their blood is, mm -hmm. is fascinating to me it's remarkable i hope to reach that at some point but so much to learn yeah yeah now as a writer of novels what genre was your favorite to write because i think you've done a couple different things and then it led kind of into horror and if you look at your Kickstarter, it's horror too. My assumption is you really enjoy horror, but is that your favorite to write about? Yes, I think it is. I grew up, uh, I remember very distinctly in fifth grade, my, <laughs> one of my aunts handed me, I think it was Night Shift, Stephen King's Night Shift collection. Uh, I was like, cool. And my parents said nothing. nothing. Just <laughs> off I go. Um, and you'll That's remember- awesome. Yeah, it really was. It was it was <laughs> fantastic. You'll remember, I'm sure, you know, Blockbuster Video oh, and yeah. the, the local, you know, video movie store on the corner and stuff like that. So I grew up and I'm so grateful to have grown up in that era. I'm very proud of my generation for, sure. um, for that part anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just going into the to the video store and seeing the cover of like Tourist Trap and Friday the 13th and all that stuff and be like, oh. <laughs> and I'm like six or seven, maybe eight. Yeah. And they're letting us rent this stuff. Like nobody's stopping us. <laughs> oh, like, I love it. I love we it. Were, we were the generation. Like I could buy cigarettes at 14, 13. Yeah, like, yeah. Nobody cared. <laughs> Just like, here you go. Yep, exactly. You know? Yeah. Um, which is I mean, right in the time. back of the truck, all that good oh, stuff. Oh my God. Like, yeah. Oh, was my... <laughs> yeah. Late seventies, early eighties. That's all we did. <laughs> Hop in the back. <laughs> let's go. Yep. You know, good luck. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know where your children are, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I very much grew up, um, just visually attracted to those, yeah. to those covers. Um, and some of those movies still scare me to death today, actually all these years <laughs> later. Um, but, but yeah, but nobody was paying attention. Yeah. So I got to jump into these, these terrible movies, quote unquote, terrible yeah. movies and, and reading Stephen King, whatever. So, and the, the first things I really started writing were basically ripoffs of Stephen King short stories or like, oh, um, 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 what the hell am I, a creep show, the creep oh, show. Creep show yeah. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Anthology movies. Right. Or, yeah. or, oh my God. Tales from the crypt. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, Twilight Zone, Ray oh, Bradbury. Twilight Zone oh. freaked me out so much. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's still a couple of those episodes. Like, yeah. don't watch them at in the dark by yourself. Like, they're exactly. still effective. So, yeah, I'm very much attracted to horror. And then I, yeah. I got away from it kind of in high school and into uh -huh. college and started working more in what I was told and eventually learned 
was called Contemporary Young Adult, which is mm. like your John Hughes, Breakfast yeah. Club, some kind of wonderful, all that kind of stuff. Because I also grew up on that stuff. Sure, uh, yeah. And I'm starting as I as I'm sharing a lot of these movies with my son now. Yeah. I'm starting to realize just how deep an impact those things made. Like my first novel, Party, um, was uh, it's only eleven chapters, but every chapter is told from a different character's point of view. That's so you've so got cool. all these different intersecting um, uh, points of view and narratives going in there, and that's where the theater comes in. Ah, yeah. Every one of those characters needs to sound different. They all have to sound distinct, right? Um, but it takes place over the course of like maybe 12 hours. And mm. now I'm starting to look at some of these other movies like Breakfast Club. That was like an eight hour day. The Warriors, that was one night, you know, wow. and there's all these movies come like, oh my God, like that's where I get this from. Holy yeah. crap. You know, um, and then, so I did that for most of my career with my traditional publishers. Yeah. Um, and then my son was born. And very quickly after that, horror became important again yeah. because as a parent like now it's for real like <laughs> it's one thing to be afraid when you're 13 and you're immortal yeah. it's yeah. another thing to be 40 and be like oh my god yeah. my son like and so i now use horror to just deal with parenting <laughs> to yeah deal with yeah for sure fear, you know so yeah. <laughs> much more horror these days for sure yeah yeah that's so awesome man <laughs> i i you know i'm wondering because in the 80s even the seventies leading up into the eighties, the, the creativity and the uniqueness of what was brought forth in film and in books was, I think like, you know, growing up at that time and then being here today, it's amazing what was created during that time. What do you think allowed all that creativity during that time? Because I don't think it's the same, it's different today. And that's not a negative. It's just different, but I don't yeah. see that same creativity. And if you look at film today, it's a lot of regurgitation of what's happened in the past. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm wondering, can we get to that creativity where you're seeing things that are extremely unique? And I know there's stuff out there, but not at the level it was in the 80s. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree with that assessment. And I, I actually have put a lot of thought into this because I've wanted the same thing. And, and there's actually a lot that I want to write about it because I, I think uh, it's an interesting subject. Yeah. But the, the closest I've come to was, you know, you and I grew up with the threat uh, during the cold war right yeah, and so yeah. we grew up we weren't we our generation didn't necessarily have to hide under desks yeah but we knew about it like we heard about it, and we were watching red dawn and the yeah. day after and all that like this was a daily thing where it's like well hopefully the button doesn't get pushed today like that was just reality i mean red um, dawn really affected me because of everything oh, going sure. on and i'm like we might need to be prepared like that i remember oh, us yeah. our family talking you know this could be real Oh, a hundred percent. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so we, we grew up under that shadow. Right. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then I think it was 1989, the wall came down, the Berlin yeah. wall came down yeah. and I was right at that age where I didn't know what that meant exactly. Yeah, I just exactly. knew it was a big deal. Right, and yeah. we had, <laughs> we had <laughs> David Hasselhoff up there with his light up jacket singing yes. about freedom. And we're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess this is cool. Yay, Germany. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that, but 19, when the wall fell, yeah. that introduced a decade yeah. in which we could afford to be navel gazers and we could afford mm. to to have grunge and like yeah. and to bitch and moan and have the yeah. hair in our face and just <laughs> smoke clove cigarettes and oh my God, I'm bitch about the government and so whatever. True. Yeah, you yeah. <laughs> know, we were so privileged yeah. to grow and, and like and like the president played sax on late night. Yeah, exactly. And it just like everything like was cool right at that everything time. Everything was cool. It, and yeah. I know that wasn't true for everybody. I want to be right. clear. I know that wasn't the case for everybody. Right. 100%, but yeah. but for us, yeah. like we were safe. Yeah. Like there weren't going to be nuclear bombs anymore. Like everything was fine. And then two things happened in 99, if I'm not mistaken, Columbine happened. Mm, and we were yeah. like, well, at least that was a one-off. Yeah. Okay. We didn't know what we were getting into. And yeah. then 9-11 yeah. and that was it. So we there was this, for me, my opinion is that the nineties were this sort of glorious decade um where we were safe to do kind of whatever we wanted um and i think to your to your question about how the, all that 70s and 80s stuff yeah. came up we we had that luxury of mm -hmm. 
you know, Freddie and Jason and Michael and and all this this guy with, with our slashers. Um, we had the thing and we had yeah. amazing practical effects. We grew up with um uh Ray Harryhausen with yeah. Clash of the Titans and Jason right. and the Argonauts, all that kind of stuff. And I think we carried that forward into that era and and felt like we could create whatever we wanted to. Yeah. You know, so I don't, I don't know if that makes sense if that's really yeah, it does, it does, like, yeah. Like that had a big part of it because mm -hmm. then once those two events happened in 99 and 2001 yeah. it was like well now any kind of like horror in particular is is just an escape yeah. um, and that's good and that's why we need horror i think but it um it just got again it got so real after that yeah. you know we were we saw a michael bay film yeah. playing out on tv yeah right in front of us yeah like that's that's it and i remember talking about this with my uh, uh brother-in-law um, who's like the, I guess the next cohort kind of after us. Mm -hmm. And he was, I probably, I don't know, I want to say fourth or fifth grade okay. uh, in 9-11 mm -hmm. uh, when that happened. And I was like, as we were talking about, it, I was like, you've, you've never grown up. You don't know a world without mass violence, do you? Yeah. yeah. And he's like, no, I guess I don't. I'm like, and we did, we had that. Yeah. That era. 70s, really 80s, did. 90s, it felt like for our people, our age, we're like, mm -hmm. we didn't have to worry about that. And now it's changed. And so I feel like horror um, has a new kind of responsibility in yeah. that sense. Um, and I agree, there's not a lot of, it doesn't feel mm -hmm. or seem yeah. that there's a lot of new stuff. I would argue there is new stuff, mm -hmm. but it's on Kickstarter. Yeah, and exactly. Indies. Exactly. Like, Indies are doing stuff that like, because yeah. they don't have those constraints of Hollywood, like screw yeah. it, we're going to do this. Yeah. And it's amazing. It's a great time to be a creator is the thing. You really know? so. Really? So I, I couldn't agree with you more. In fact, you know, I have my LCS here in town and I, I obviously still love DC and Marvel, but I bet you 75% of what I purchase is indie now, um, mainly because I want to experience stories that aren't constrained by 80 years worth of history. Now, that's not a negative. I love Superman. I think you have to match canon. So I don't want to see Superman have some weird power that doesn't make sense. Um, but I go to indie though, because you could create whatever you want and there is no constraints. And I love that feeling of getting an indie. In fact, I got a couple today. I mean, I've been getting indie comics. I, I also like, I watch you, man. You're like the Kickstarter king, Tom, because you're, <laughs> it's, I like, and, and I, what I, I was able to do was follow what you're doing on Kickstarter. That way I'm aware of a lot. And I do that with a lot of people just oh, to yeah. see what other people are buying. And I got these in today. Um, oh. so yeah, this is a Trigger Girl 6 Justice um, that just came in. And this was from Jim uh, Palametti. Wow. So that gorgeous. I, yeah, I mean, the art looks amazing. And again, you, I'm shopping for indie comics on Kickstarter now, which is incredible. Yeah, and a I lot of people love are. that platform for that. Yeah, it, everything I've, uh, and again, I still consider myself a student at all this, but Me everything too, yeah. I've studied points that direction and i had a hard time believing that like i, I have uh friends who are, are masters at this kind of stuff yeah um, but who have talked about that and they've specifically mentioned that there's there's definitely a contingent of people who like that's their storefront is kickstarter yeah. now like whoa and 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 to go back to our, our 80s and 90s like yeah 10 year old 12 year old 16 year old me is freaking out yeah like and i i've had and this is the thing i'm going to keep preaching it like yeah. This thing right here, it's yeah. all, we all have it in our pocket or on our desk right now. Yeah. And it's like, so I, I keep hearing 16 year old me going, wait a minute. So you have a video camera in yeah. your pocket that you can mm -hmm. make movies with, edit it and post it. And anyone in the world can see it anytime. It's incredible. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Right. And it's like, damn it. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> we are out of excuses, bro. <laughs> we, we are. We are. <laughs> I wonder, though, on the opposite side, because I agree with you 100%, but on the other side, not having those things in the 80s allowed mm -hmm. us to be a lot more free to try things and create things, whereas this is kind of, like you said, you're seeing what someone's doing in Brazil, you're seeing what someone's doing, and it's incredible how much connection you could get, so I think the connection between humans is better but in the 80s, I felt like you could go outside and you could play and you could create these worlds and everything. And that's another reason why I think there was so many things that came forward from the 70s, and 80s yes. that is being hindered today because everything's in front of you already done. Yeah. Like fast, it's almost like a fast food generation now 
where everything is created and it's in your hands. And I mean, I'm watching a Marvel movie that came out six months ago on my phone. I mean, it's incredible, yeah. right? The capabilities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's true. And that's something when I, when I get to, uh, one of the things that being traditionally published afforded me was the ability and possibility of mm -hmm. like school visits and conferences and conventions yeah. and things like that. So I get to, uh, since most of my stuff was geared toward younger readers at the time, I got to do a lot of those things and met That's a lot so of cool. younger writers. Yeah. And that was one of the things I always tried to emphasize with them is like, listen, because I know you, I know what you do. You go to <laughs> school and then you come home and you go in your little cave and you watch stuff and then you, know, you do your writing, whatever. And then you get up and you go to school and you just wash and repeat over and over and over again. If yeah. you want to tell stories, mm -hmm. you've got to get out of your house. You have yeah. to go have adventures. Yeah. And by adventures, I don't mean you have to jump out of a plane. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to fly to Brazil. It's like you don't have, you should, if you can do great, yeah. but like go on a bike ride, go on a walk, listen, smell, touch. Like, otherwise you have nothing to write about, you know? And I, I still follow that myself. Like, dude, you've got to get out and watch people and interact and experience new things, you know? So I agree. I think that was a, a big piece of it we were able to bring all that um that creative energy into the things that we did and now those are the people who are in charge yeah. right the stranger things and, and exactly. whatever like that's that's the the cohort that's kind of coming up now like we're going to be it presidents is. pretty soon yep. <laughs> you guys, so curious <laughs> to see what happens <laughs> yeah yeah for sure for sure absolutely um over the last maybe 20 years or so as or 30 years whatever it is as you've been writing is there other writers that have influenced you Mm -hmm. um that you look up to like do you have favorite writers that really had an impact on your desire to pump out the novels and everything that you've been you've been busy yeah oh i'll, I'll always always yeah. um the first uh and to do some more nostalgia while we're here yeah um, you know we used to I, I remember riding my bike to Thomas Small in Phoenix, you know, in the terrible heat with my $3 <laughs> clutched in my hand to go to, to um, B. Dalton or Walden Books. Oh, Walden. Whatever, I remember those. Right. Yeah. And, and go and look because I still have them. These are all my... <laughs> <laughs> Joe Adventure and like I've got some really great uh how oh, cool anymore G.I. Joe oh oh yeah I've got a stack I remember I had those too oh. man oh I wish I kept and them isn't that oh yeah they're so great and that feeling of rushing into the bookstore and the smell number yeah. one yeah. And then sitting there for an hour going like, I've got my, th what can I get? Yeah. And just the sheer joy of buying those books. Right. And back then young adult didn't exist. You had Judy Bloom and then yeah. Stephen King. Those were, <laughs> those were your choices. Right. Um, yeah. Right. It was like, so true. Yeah. It was such a small little section. Yeah. We had nothing. And then like, and then the D and D like hardcovers on the bottom yeah. shelf, like away from everybody. Yeah. So I grew up um, with like Judy Bloom, obviously yeah. like she's, she is the queen. She yeah. is the hands down. Um, she made everything that comes afterward possible. I think yeah. so. And I got to meet her once I got to have dinner. Oh, how her. cool is that? Um, like she is exactly as awesome as you would think Judy Bloom is going to be, right? She was That's just incredible. So, so cool. Um, so Judy Bloom was a big one. Stephen King, I mentioned, I was just inhaling all of his early 80s and uh, all of his stuff, particularly his short stories. Mm. Really, really got into his short stories. Um, and then after that, as I got a little bit older, I discovered Christopher Pike, who was mm, like yeah. very... Um, he was he had that that rl stein vibe in that yeah. he was writing you know pocket-sized paperback horror <laughs> stories yeah but it was like but people were having sex and like they're <laughs> swearing sometimes you know yeah, yeah. Like it was the grown-up version of goosebumps and i, and yeah. I, I respect goosebumps. <laughs> that's a good one nothing but a good way to put goosebumps. it yeah. um they're still great they're fun but they're popcorn and that's okay yeah, yeah. it's nothing wrong with that sometimes sure. you need popcorn yeah but yeah. christopher pike was like oh no we're going in. You know? <laughs> um, so those, and then definitely, and he passed away uh, several years ago now, but an author named John Belairs, mm. who also wrote um, like middle grade horror, but yeah. it was, but he was before R.L. Stein really landed. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, 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 it's like a literary horror for young readers. Um, um, you had to be, you had to be a reader to keep up with it. It wasn't popcorn. Really? Like you were, you felt like it was substantial and, and wow. scary. Like yeah. he did some really scary stuff. <laughs> so those guys all definitely influenced me. And then around the time I was coming up, there's a, another author named Lori Holtz Anderson who wrote a book called Speak. That's mm. God, it's gotta be at least 20 years old now. Wow. Um, but for me, she sort of kicked open the door for voice um, mm. and for the kinds of stories that, that authors could tell yeah. to young people. 
mm. uh, two teenagers in in particular. Right. Um, and once and I remember reading that and going like, oh, we we can say this, like we can <laughs> we can talk like this. That's okay. Yeah. And so that really influenced everything I did ever wow. since. I also got to spend some time with her, and she's a, a lovely, lovely person. Yeah. Um, and those writers, the thing about those writers, um, in particular, when we're writing for younger people, like anything, you know, sub 18 years old, um, is you have to like kids. Yeah. <laughs> <on a> fundamental <laughs> That's level. That's a good point. Yeah. Right. You kind of do like your and, audience, right? But yeah, you do. <laughs> and I remember Lori said at a, at a author event, um, in Phoenix one time, um, and I take this very seriously when I write for that, that, uh, that reader for those readers mm-hmm. um she said it is immoral to not include hope in books for young readers wow and i was like wow yeah, like that's exactly it so that's we can deep. well yeah and yeah. but it's true you know we'll mm-hmm. take particularly writers who do what i do for young adult we will take you through hell like we are absolutely yeah. going to beat the crap out of our characters yeah, it's kind of yeah. our job right but, but we're going to pull you up at the end you yeah know, we're still going to you know, yeah. not, not, not that it's a happy ending, right. Right. But, but the encouraging ending, like it's, we're going to, you're going to be okay. You're yeah. going to be okay somehow, you know? Um, so yeah, those, those, that's just a handful. And I, I could probably name a, a half a dozen more. Yeah. Yeah. But that's awesome. I mean, we all have certain influences in our life when it comes to the things we love to do. So uh, thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Yeah. So the next question I have is <laughs> how did you get involved with spawn? Because that seems like so far out there knowing your career up to that point. So how does that connection with Todd and you creating this plot for this uh, five part series that I have right here? Yeah. Great question. And it's going to make everybody really angry. Um, (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'm apologizing in advance. Um, So, so quick clarification before I explain what that is, because I want, I want your writers to make sure that they're clear on what's going on here. Um, to publish traditionally, Penguin Random House, Simon & Schuster, Image, mm-hmm. et cetera, you don't have to know somebody, okay? Mm-hmm. I didn't know the president of Random House. I didn't know Todd's you know, son from camp. Or like, It right. doesn't really work like that, okay? These are companies who not only will let anyone in, but they want, remember, they're yeah. on your side. They want you to write the next great book or the next yeah. comic, whatever, right? Exactly. They are anxious for you to do that. That's it's just point. the percentage that they can accept is very, very low, okay? Yeah. Um, but there's no secret handshake or anything like that. All all you have to do is write a great story and then get the right representation and that's how you get in the door. Mm. So that's what happened to me. Um, there's a lot of, there's not a lot, there's a, an element of luck, there's an element of timing, but yeah. it's a lot smaller than people probably think that it is okay Mm. so there's there's that piece i just want to make sure that that's clear so what's also true that i will admit and i want um you know younger creators coming up to understand is that once that happens Mm -hmm. sometimes yes doors do get open that you might not have had access to previously sure but it's not who you know it's just this weird network of professional connections that happens that's that's it Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what happened with Spawn. Um, I published, I don't know, three or four novels. I think I probably got up to sick when this happened um, and met some really great um, booksellers, people who worked at bookstores, independent bookstores, who were very plugged into publishing and, and what's coming mm-hmm. up and working with with other professionals in the industry uh, and that kind of thing. And, you know, got to hang out with them and they were very cool. And then we had card nights together and that was fun. And yeah. then it turns out this is this is the phrase that's going to keep repeating, and then it turns out, yeah, you know, um, that they were uh, heavily involved with our our main Comic Con, which was Phoenix Comic Con at the time, is now Phoenix Fan Fusion, right. Um, right? And not only that, but they are, you know, they're some of the people who are working with all of the celebrities and stuff, and they know how to do that. They know all the people who know yeah. the people and all this kind of stuff. And then it turns out <laughs> that <laughs> they are friends with somebody who works for Todd McFarlane. Um, productions who I get to know. And I don't really, you know, I have no idea that that's what they do at the time. We're just hanging out playing cards. Like it's just a a thing. And then, um, I don't know, my fourth or fifth, uh, Comic-Con, this person, uh, comes up to me and was like, do you want to write for spawn? And I was like, I'm sorry. He's like, yeah, I, I, something's coming up. Uh, you want to, you want to, you want to talk to Todd? Like, uh, 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 and you have to say yes. Yeah. It's just like in, in the movies, you don't pass that up. (laughs) <laughs> always say yes and then you make it up as you go yeah, like, yeah. Do you know how to ride a horse <laughs> yes just just anything to get the part yeah you know? 
Um, so I said, yes, of course, not knowing what on earth I was getting into. Yeah. Um, but this particular uh, employee had yeah, yeah. overheard a conversation, um, mm-hmm. had overheard Todd talking about, he was very upset at somebody or other um, because the writing wasn't working and he's, he's so tired of comic book writers. Rah, 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 rah. I just want somebody who doesn't know anything about comics. Yeah. And this friend of mine goes, <laughs> I can make a call. And yeah. That's how it happened. Like it was that that's silly great. and stupid, but that's, that's how great. it happened. Yeah, um, yeah. And the next thing you know, um, he's calling me on my cell phone. I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Hey, man, how's it? <laughs> trying to be cool. I'm failing yeah, yeah. miserably. You know, um, so again, it wasn't like I was something special, right, but yeah. having like this, this backlog of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I should probably point out like, and, and like, uh, a good relationship, a, an authentic relationship with somebody, um, you know, who trusted me and who I trusted and things like that. That's kind of how that happened. And I see things like that now that I'm, I'm more in that industry. I see that happening more and more. The yeah. best place to go at a Comic-Con or an author conference is the bar. Yeah. Get to the bar at like 8 p.m. You don't have to yeah. drink. Just sit there and listen and be cool. And that that's better than any university you could ever go to. Yeah. <laughs> So that's the I short mean, version. <laughs> I mean, that's incredible, though. And I, I think, uh, you know, as you get older, you realize that, um, you know, burning bridges is very dangerous for your career, right? It so you, yeah. you gotta, you gotta be careful with those relationships, you have to respect people, because to your point, yeah. you never know what could happen down the road. And in this case, because you had such great relationships, they knew that you were good at what you do, all of a sudden, a door opens, right? And I think, for younger people, and I tell my kids this, I have four adult kids, you know, yeah. don't burn bridges, take care of things the right way, because life is funny. And the world is a lot smaller than we think sometimes. So small. Yeah, so, so and, small. And, and someone's going to come back around again, and remember how you treated them. I guarantee. Oh, yeah. And they will. They And, uh, you know, I've heard stories about um, uh, one of the things I, I teach in my, my writing classes, too, with my students is like, listen, you need to go to a bookstore, number yeah. one, and start making friends with the person behind the cash register. Because I know from firsthand experience from people who have been behind that cash register of people who've come in and been a pain in the ass to the staff and whine and complain and just been general jerks to people. And then a year later, their book comes out and they show up and say, hey, I'd love to do my, my book event. And they're like, sorry, booked. Yeah. Yeah, can't, exactly. sorry, can't can't do it. Exactly. Like, oh man. And like, yeah, that's how that works. It is a very small world and it gets progressively smaller as you get into industries, whether it's comic books or writing or whatever, Kickstarter. Like I would just I would I would be beside myself if I thought I had offended or hurt somebody in my in my Kickstarter groups, you know, like yeah, that, that yeah. would just terrorize me. It would be awful. I agree. Yeah, I totally agree. true. So you write spawn. And he wanted someone that didn't wasn't in comics, right? Yeah. So this was perfect opportunity. But as you go to write Spawn, had you re- read Spawn before that? Did you like how did you prepare for those issues to get to know the characters, understand their background, right? Because that's really important to be yeah. able, especially as a reader and a fan, you want to be mm-hmm. able to read that and you're like, wait, that's not Al Simmons, that's not Terry, that's not Cyan. Like this yeah. is not the people that I've read for the last 260, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. So great question. Um, I I mean, just inhaled as much as I could as fast yeah. as I could. Yeah. Because yeah. there there was we were on a, on the clock. It was like let's wow. go, let's get started on that first issue. Like oh my god. So I did what I could as fast as I could, which wasn't much, but I did what yeah. did what I could. Um, now I also had the advantage of at this particular point, mm-hmm. um, if I remember correctly, um, Al was powerless. Yes. So yeah. th- that was a thing that was happening. So I was like, oh, okay. So he had kind of, Todd had already come in and kind of cleared the slate a little bit because I remember one of the first things I did and I did my research and then I immediately came out of the gate of, well, what if clown? And he's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Taking clown up. All right. So that's, yeah. what about this guy? No. Wow. New stuff. Yeah. Gas mask. I want a gas mask. Okay, <laughs> great. Let's see if we can do that. Um, so I had that advantage going in. I yeah. wasn't building too much off of what had come before, which which was awesome. great. Yeah. Um, so there was there was that piece, and then. I mean, I just really got thrown in the deep end of the pool, yeah. um, you know, and, you know, I, I I also, you know, like not every word in those books is mine. Like he's Todd, right. he comes in and does his Todd thing. Sure. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah, the Todd um, father is still going to be involved, right? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and he, uh, the thing is, I, I just, I always tell this story because I, I love it. And the more I think about it, the more 
true it becomes. And I think all of us as creators can stand to learn something from it. So we're going to be dropping some F-bombs here. No, I have to, it. otherwise it doesn't count. You won't yeah, feel I love it the it. way I, I felt it. it. I think it was our first meeting and I'm in the office and I'm looking at all, he's got all the toys and everything. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm in like spot central. Okay. <laughs> Trying to keep it cool. Yeah. You know, um, and we're talking about the next story. Okay. So what's, what's this first issue going to be like? Yeah. And he goes, okay, so, so I want something that like the 80 year old grandmother next door, like she's going to read this comic and then she's just going to go. (laughs) And I got my notebook. I'm like, okay, okay. Got it. Um, So like, do you want to, I was thinking maybe we could do like a, I have this idea with like the nuclear football and spawn gets, and he, and he gets that. And and he Todd's on the other side. It's like, no, not that. Okay. Um, (laughs) What about, Okay, there's there's this this group of people, and I'm just like spitting out as many yeah. ideas as I can. Yeah, like, yeah. And then I go, so so, what do you think of that? And he goes, bah. <laughs> <laughs> and like those were my marching orders. Yeah, like, yeah. That's and then he's like, okay, bye, go write a comic now. And I'm like, <laughs> shit, I don't know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> but in the intervening years, I all I think back because I can see his face so clearly. Yeah. Um, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, yeah, Yeah. actually that's right. Like that is the, the reaction we should be going for in our comics. Um, and when you talk about, you know, earlier talking about some of the, the influence I've influences I've had, um, particularly when it comes to comics, there's a, there's a comic book I still own, uh, to this day. And it's, God, it's gotta be 20 years old now, a very short series, independent book. Um, and the story, I mean, it's a Buffy ripoff. Like it's, there is nothing original to the story (laughs) itself, but the art, every time I open those comics, I go, ah, you know, it's just, (laughs) it's this breathtaking thing. And so I think that's an important lesson. Like that's the, the feeling I should be going for in every panel and every spread and every page turn. Um, and that was the other thing that I learned from him that I I had oddly enough, not learned as a prose writer. Uh, when I turned in my first script, he's like, where's the turn? I'm like, well, page one goes to page two, Todd. I don't, what do you, (laughs) cause I'm an idiot. He's like, no, 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 no. Every scene, yeah. you can't start and end the scene in the same place. If you start and end in the same place, nothing's happened. So what's the turn? And I'm like, oh shit, I don't know. That's a, uh, and like, so uh, immediately, boom, like here's something I'm learning for the first time yeah. after publishing novels with Random House, for God's sake, you know, like, so it never <laughs> ends. Like you right. just, it, the, all that learning never, ever stops. But he was so much fun yeah. um, and merciless. Uh, about it which was great and that's the other thing like be yeah. ready like this is you're you're playing pro ball now yeah it's coming right like you um, entered the marines or the navy seals and you're going through uh hell week or whatever it was right yes yeah oh yeah exactly like that exactly yeah. like that um i remember i i had created this villain and the first panel was going to be this guy sitting behind a desk uh-huh. and he's going to be very still and like, and it's just completely empty. There's nothing else on the desk. It's just this guy. And the whole, as I'm talking, Todd's on the other side of his desk going, <laughs> just shaking his head until I run out of breath. And he goes, I'm like, so no. And he's like, no. Yeah. Like, okay. Sorry. And he goes, nothing's happening. This is a comic book. There's nothing to look at. Uh-huh. I was like, shit. Of course. And as soon as he says it, like, yeah. oh, of course it's a, damn it. And so again, that was just like an, an immediate thing that has forever changed, you know, how I write comics from here on out, you know? Yeah, um, awesome. But at the end of the day, like it was, it was, and I've said this before publicly and I will keep saying it, it was honestly one of the best jobs I've ever had. Um, yeah. It was just, it was so much fun to be there and to be a part of it. And, um, but I also want to caveat that thing for, again, for the next generation coming up. Yeah. Um great job. I would do it again in a heartbeat. The thing that creators who aren't in the industry don't understand is I'll tell like they look, Oh, you wrote for spawn. Yeah. So you can just like walk into Marvel and say, I'm writing Hulk now. And I'm like, no, (laughs) no, that is not how this works. Yeah, Yeah. There's, there's no, like, again, it might open some doors maybe, but you can't predict it. You, you know, you might be able to stick your foot in a couple of them and try to look inside if you're lucky, yeah. but that's it. Like it, it is, it is still a grind. Uh, yeah. it, it doesn't really come with, you know, this, this plate of, of magic. Uh, yeah. It's awesome, <laughs> but it doesn't mean the process. Huh? Yeah. 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 So just as a, a thing for our, our next uh, writers to understand or creators, I should yeah. say. Yeah. But it was great. It was so great. What an amazing experience though. Yeah. 
for sure. I'm so grateful. <laughs> so now let's get to Exorcist. Yeah. So now, right, you have your Kickstarter. It's going to start October 3rd. It's mm-hmm. going to end like November 2nd, November 3rd, somewhere around there, yeah. right? Right after Halloween. Yep. Um, it is a horror comic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So what, before we kind of get into it, and obviously we don't want to give the plot or anything away, right? We want people to be really excited about this, which I am. So right now, just so everyone knows, you could go to Kickstarter and mm-hmm. you could hit the notification button to understand and know when it goes live that way. And, and you want as many people to do that as possible. So go check. It doesn't mean you're not committing to anything. You're just going to be, you know, right. You're going to be able to look at everything that's taking place on that Kickstarter. Once you get that notification. Yeah. And what? that is. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. A, Tom. So there's a, a bit.ly link. So it's bit.ly slash exorcists with oh. an S and then the numeral one exorcists one uh, okay. as a bit.ly link should take you right to it. Yeah. Nice. Excellent. So we'll make sure we put that um, in the comments below on our YouTube page when this goes live, but, uh, and we'll, we'll take care of all that for you, Tom, cause this is awesome. Okay. What, what, so you're writing a horror comic. Is there anything that you could take away from your experience in Spawn that you were able to implement in Exorcist without kind of giving away your story? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just the, I mean, first of all, you have to appreciate, we all appreciate his art. Like yeah. it's, yeah. What can you say? I, I that's don't know. Speechless. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nobody else can do what he does, right? That's yeah. that's his thing, yeah. uh, without a doubt. Um, so, but I can't afford him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nobody can. Just so you know, nobody can afford. Like, hey, t- like, and again, like, I mean, I've still, ha- I literally have his number on my phone right now, but I can't yeah, just like yeah. call him up. Like, hey, man, it's Tom. You can give me cover, bro. No, not gonna happen. Yeah. Um, but but. Yeah. Learning how to appreciate that art yeah. um, and some of the nuances of it. Like, and I'm, and again, still learning that myself, but like yeah. what I think as a consumer of comics as someone who just like, I just look at something, and go, Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Versus like your real connoisseurs are like, Oh, that, it could be better. And I'm like, really? Yeah. <laughs> God, it looks really awesome to me. I don't know. Um, so learning about that kind of thing yeah. um, and kind of what to um, hopefully be able to write in a script and pull yeah. from my artist. Cause like you said, yeah. I don't have, like I can approve or disapprove of the pages as they come in as the owner right. of the comic, Yeah, but I can't like force my artist to give me this exact thing that I'm seeing in my head. It's kind of up to yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. Um, but also leaving them room to do that. That's something else that I've learned yeah. to do a lot. It's like, listen, these are artists. Yeah. This is what they do. They are comic artists more specifically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and let them go. And so I will sometimes, you know, in my scripts, I'll, I'll I've left entire pages like, look, dude, here's here's what I want to have happen. Have fun. Yeah. I don't know. Now the next page, I might be very specific. Like in my first comic that I did for Kickstarter, um, I've got this really beautiful um, two-page spread that's I think it's five. Yeah, it's like so it's five horizontal panels all the way uh-huh. down the spread, and it's just gorgeous, yeah. right? And I could see it in my head, but I had to figure out how to explain it to my artist. And then she did a, a wonderful job. Um, and then again, the next page might be like, eh, I, I need, I need something cool here. I need fog. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I ported that over. Yeah. Um, but again, the turn, like making, trying to make sure in the storytelling that the characters mm-hmm. uh, have some kind of journey. There's some kind of forward motion. Yeah. Um, I haven't quite, you know, I'll be honest, I, I'm still trying to get to that place um, where that happens in panel to panel, right? Where it's like, lit, like you have to follow this perfect, like there's almost no other option. It has to go this way right. kind of thing in the story. Um, I am doing much better about that on um, like the spreads and the, and the actual page turns. I'm really mm-hmm. particular about my reveals. I uh, love big splash pages on a, on a turn, a page turn. That's like, those are so cool. Love yeah, those. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, learning kind of all of those things and still, like we talked about earlier, truncating stories. Like you only yeah. get kind of so many words and I'm yeah. only working with a 20 page script and I don't even have the, the 22 to 24 pages. Right. Um, and that's that's a challenge. And yet still have action, but character mm-hmm. development, but move the right. plot forward. Like <laughs> this is not an easy thing that no. we're asking ourselves to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I'm wondering, you know, when you were doing kind of live, and you're a director and you have all these um, actors, right? There's like this, almost like a dance because you're you're trying to tell a story and these actors are expressing the story that you're trying to tell. 
-hmm. Is there a lot that you could take from that process and bring it over with your artists? Because it's almost a dance with the artist too, right? And the yeah. artist has to tell a large portion of your story through their art because you are limited in words. Is there a lot of similarities or are they quite different? Man, that's a great question. Um, nobody else has gone deep in a theater, which is a bummer. So thank you. <laughs> Number yeah. one. Um, yeah, I think so. Because that's, it reminds me when you ask that question, it reminds me of casting a show. Because oh. um, that was almost one of my favorite things to do was casting. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've turned down in my, in my directing career, I've turned down more experienced actors mm -hmm. uh, during an audition for actors who understood what I was saying because that is hugely important yeah, yeah. um like i remember <laughs> one of the things i used to do as as a director is i would do kind of this rapid fire um q a things line everybody up on stage and just start asking questions and they were either yes or no questions or a or b questions yeah. like you know um freddie or jason go I'm like um, freddie and they just had to answer immediately first thing off the top <laughs> of their head and i remember doing that once with a guy and i was like okay favorite superhero and he's like um i mean like Superman, I guess. I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> like, okay. And what do you, what's your job? It's like, well, I want to be a fireman. I'm like, you want to be a fireman, <laughs> the hero among heroes. And you don't have a favorite superhero. Yeah. <laughs> so we can work with him. Like clearly this isn't going to happen. Um, right. Right. So that is a direct influence, I think, on how I write my scripts and trying mm. to um, get that, that shorthand that you can get when you're working. Yeah. Um, with a consistent uh, artist. And mm -hmm. I've been very fortunate too. The, the two artists I've been working with lately um, are we've, we've done more than one project together. That's and awesome. so now I don't have to write a script that I'm like going to turn in to a new artist or to a company right. or whatever. Right. Like, no, this is just me and you now going yeah. back and forth via email and making sure we're both, you know, understanding the same things. Um, a lot of them uh, are are not working, are not uh, like native U.S. speakers or native English speakers, sure, yeah. um, which adds another layer to it. Like, so when I use, um, you know, phrases that are very common to the U.S., like, yeah. ah, but that I can't say that because they're not going to understand what that means. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, phrase things differently, you know, which is which is kind of fun, frankly. Yeah. Um, and clarifies for me as a writer, what are you actually trying to say? What are you actually? trying to capture in this panel right. or this page or whatever yeah. so i do think um as i hear myself talk about it i think <laughs> there is some some carryover between yeah. those two things yeah for Absolutely. sure yeah that's awesome handy. so let's can we talk maybe about the premise of the story because that's going to be in the kickstarter so people will see that what can we expect from exorcist so Exorcist is currently planned. Uh, I, I intend to being a smart Kickstarter yeah. person. Um, you know, my hope and prayer, of course, is that this becomes a long running series. Yeah. Um, I kind of know how it ends mm -hmm. and I know how it starts. But, you know, the middle, eh, it could yeah. be 10 issues. It could be 110, whatever. We'll right. see. We'll see, you know, how people respond to it. Sure. Until then, I hope to do a three issue series so this is issue okay. one hopefully that will go well and allow me to then uh fund issue two and three and that will be a closed arc little you know mini mini arc um mm -hmm. and see where we land after that if yeah. there's still people excited and interested cool i yeah. can map the rest out and we'll go from there so that's that's yeah. kind of the first thing to bear in mind um i want to make sure because i'm sure you've seen this too and, and other kickstarter um fans have encountered you know the issue one issue two stop yeah like you left on a cliffhanger, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, and don't want to do that. So I, yeah. I want a closed arc with yeah. enough threads to keep going is, right. is kind of the plan right now. Mm -hmm. um, but then, you know, as far as the story goes, it's just, uh, it's a, uh, it's an apocalypse, end of the world kind of scenario. Mm -hmm. But in this apocalypse, it's a demonic possession apocalypse wow. and people are being possessed by demons kind of all over the place. And <laughs> this small group of plucky adventurers are the only people who have learned um, how they think they can fix it and how they can fix it is that they can get to this uh, very secret, very sacred place and mm. conduct a global exorcism for the entire <laughs> planet all at once. Then they can oh, wow. do the damage. Yeah. Um, the uh, the main kind of three characters at the moment who are who are running this show are a guy, uh, David, who uh, was in the army, but he was like worked in like he was like a clerical stuff. So never actually saw combat or anything. Yeah. Um, 
but he has that experience, but uh, his wife has passed away and he has clinical depression. He has sold his house and all of his stuff. He packed up his Jeep with his dog and he's like, I'm hitting the road like Kane and Kung Fu. Screw it. There's, there's nothing left for me. And on the day he does that, he he discovers he has an 18 year old daughter named Rachel that he had um, many years ago. And she's being chased by a demon. Like you do, you know, it happens. Um, happens. And so he gets thrown into this scenario Uh, where she's like, yeah, these are demons. Something's going on. (laughs) Help me. (laughs) <laughs> and so they run off and and he's trying to figure all this out on the fly mm-hmm. and he remembers a a young lutheran pastor who he, he met at a party uh this very very cute blonde young uh pastor who's like this is ridiculous you're clearly something's wrong with you until she encounters her first demon and it's like uh, oh oh this is really happening this is so real them, <laughs> yeah become the uh become the main uh, heroes that we kind of follow through the story and so issue number one is about that that initial meeting like a like boom page one yeah. let's go jump in and then we'll <laughs> fill in the details later <laughs> that's so awesome man awesome. Well, i can't wait for it to come out tom it sounds like an Thank awesome you. story and uh man there's there's some amazing stuff out there right now and i feel like you mentioned horror has really taken a stronghold and a lot of the really cool stories right now are in horror. So I'm glad that you have something and it's very unique. I haven't even heard of a story anywhere close to that. So oh, good. I'm really excited to jump into <laughs> that you. one, man. <laughs> and I will, I should say too, um, there is an eight, I, I specifically commissioned an eight page sort of mini story uh, that's full and, and ready to, to, to download digitally that I can give you links to as well. So people, even before the Kickstarter steps oh, uh, starts cool. up, people can go grab that and give it read kind of see what they're getting into that is so cool tom man yeah oh man tom i I can't tell you how much i appreciate you coming on everybody that's listening please go to kickstarter i'll put the link down but all you got to do is type in exorcist and it'll pop up um, because i did that and uh yeah you'll see it right there tom levine make sure you hit that notify button so that way you know when you need to get back into kickstarter and you need to support (laughs) that reminds me Yes. Good, good point. I just remembered. Um, there will be a, an extra bonus for everybody if they back in the first 24 hours. I'm including oh, how cool. uh, the, the full text of my novel, Sick, which is a uh, Walking Dead meets the Breakfast Club. So nice. that is uh, the first. It's It will also be available as an add-on after the 24 hours. But if you get in that first day and back, regardless of the level, you'll also get an a ebook of that as well. Wow, that's huge. That's huge. That's fun. That's awesome, man. <laughs> Anything else, Tom, that we're missing that we should talk about? Oh, my word. So many things. But that yeah. was so much fun. I just, you know, I, I my my thing is really about the creators and and particularly younger creators. But even even now, it's not even younger creators. I do a, a, a fiction mastermind with a group of people who are probably 90% older women, really? uh, like retired age, you know, yeah. women who are writing like maybe their first book or second book. Uh, oh, cool. or that kind of thing. And they are, they have fully embraced the, the stuff we were talking about, all this stuff, right? Yeah. Like I can, I can write a book and put it out and sell it. Yeah. There's no reason not to. And so yeah. my thing um, for people just in general and, and, and any creators you've got uh, in, in the mix who, who follow you is like, if, if you're wondering or you're hesitant or whatever, stop, just you absolutely have to jump in and kind of build your wings on the way down, yeah. you know, otherwise the, the worst, the worst fate I can imagine yeah. is getting to my dying day and going, damn it. I should have written that comic yeah. or whatever it is. Like whatever just, it is, yeah. whatever it is, it breaks my heart to think of people mm-hmm. not, not doing this thing that they want to do, you know? So that's, that's, that would be my, my bottom line for everybody. No, that, that's so important. I think because yeah. You know, although sometimes the days seem long, man, it seems like I went from 15 to almost 50 like that. You know what I mean? As I look back. So I agree with you. If there's something you're passionate about, you just got to jump in. You'll never know until you jump in, right? Yeah, I I saw, I didn't read the article. I saw a headline um, about Martin Scorsese, who just, I think, turned 80 um, and is is making movies. And the headline was something like, Martin Scorsese is 80. And then a quote, his quote is something like, I'm trying to figure out who I am. I'm like at 80? Yeah, that's amazing. Martin freaking Scorsese. And that kind of, and at first I was like, oh my God. And then my second thought was like, okay, if he, if Martin Scorsese is yeah. still like, I got stuff to do, then I'm like, yeah. okay, 
all right <laughs> then i'm in a good place let's let's yeah. keep rolling let's keep making stuff man you know exactly, so yeah. it was an encouraging headline to read <laughs> i mean that's amazing right because that's a touch of humbleness too that yeah. took place right to be able to realize there's things i still haven't accomplished you yeah there has to be a little bit of humble like we need to be humbled right mm-hmm. and we go through a lot of experiences and for him to say that i think that's absolutely amazing yeah yeah the same same reaction it was it was yeah. kind of inspiring for that so i can't wait to read read the article but uh yeah. like yeah on the one hand you don't know how much time you have and on the other hand like i know i'm a big fan of uh, gary vaynerchuk gary v and he's oh, always yeah. talking about yeah. that like how old are you 30 yeah. Bro, you're gonna live another hundred years. Yeah, he's so awesome, man. Kind of right. I, like sometimes I don't even know what he's talking about. He pumps me up, man. Oh yeah, oh for he's, sure. He's so amazing. <laughs> I, got I, to, I definitely uh, follow him too. Actually, the company I was working for, he has a marketing company. Mm-hmm. Now we didn't meet him or anything, but he has a marketing company, and they run just like I mean, you feel like you're with Gary Vee when you're talking to everybody on that team. And uh, it's super exciting and they do a lot of amazing things, but yeah. Yeah. I got to meet him. I met him for about 14 minutes during the pandemic um, when he was doing tea with Gary V and I got up at like four o'clock in the morning to get in line on like Instagram or something, just hoping today would be the day. And like the third or fourth day, I finally got on and got to talk to him. It's still on YouTube. Um, Oh, how cool. And yeah, he just kicks your ass and it's great. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Best ever. (laughs) <laughs> he kind of like smacks all the excuses out of you, right? When you talk. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And we need it, especially creators. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Get so like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. I always talk about in my my uh, mastermind groups and stuff, like I, I hate the feeling of like, am I just selling band candy? Like, is that all? <laughs> like, is it just my mom who's going to buy this? Oh, yeah. You know? And then Gary Vee comes up and like, just, bam, shut up. <laughs> don't do your thing. Like, okay, Gary. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love. We definitely need that. We definitely yes, do. we yeah. do. <laughs> well, Tom, thank you so much. Door? What's that? Okay, hurry, come here. Oh yeah, say hi. Come here. Hi, hi. how are you? Say hi. Hey yo. What's hey. your name? My hand out of the screen. Wow, you have a long arm. This is uh, this is why I do everything I do. Right yeah. My hand out of the screen. Wow, it is. It it was you, uh, gone for like a minute. Scary stories. Yeah, you do. Okay. <laughs> Just like. Okay. Can I wrap up? I'll come see you in a few minutes. Can I play with your dice? Yes, you may play with my dice. So <laughs> they are on top of the book in the kitchen. Toby will know. How cool is that? <laughs> yeah, Toby's getting into D and D, and then I just just started teaching him the hero system which is what i grew up with so nice yeah six dice six big old bags full of six dice six so like all yeah. right <laughs> that's so awesome tom man i love it man i love it Me you too, have two man. two yeah and, yeah and that's it that's, that's it. it yeah no yeah. you're smart you're smart I, I had a girl and a boy and then we kept going we had two more girls so obviously you wouldn't change it but at the time right it was like perfect but yeah we kept going so i have four man. um two are out of the house two are still here and we had one come back during the pandemic. Uh, she does nails and it got really tough. So she came oh, back. Oh, God. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, oh, it was tough. Yeah. Nobody, nobody was getting their nails done during the pandemic, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. Yeah. Oh. Even with the mask, you're so close, man. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. That was I coming back to, uh, I didn't, I got COVID once and it was like after the worst of it had passed, like it was yeah. vaccinated, all that kind of good stuff. But it was at, right after the first uh, Comic-Con we went back to. And oh, we talked yeah. about it. My wife always comes with me. She's a great tabler. She knows yeah. she's in the business. Like she knows how to do all the, the tabling. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and we talked about it. It's like, ah, is it too soon? It's like, baby, we have not been to a con in yeah. two years. And, and you can see like, everybody was just twitchy like yeah. we have got to go to a con and be with our people yeah. like it's worth the risk and we took it and, and sure enough i got it but man <laughs> i don't regret it for a second yeah, do it all over again con. right <laughs> oh yeah i mean those cons are a, are a lifeline for yeah. so many people for uh, sure, myself man. included and it's just been yeah the two years without that kind of just being around your your tribe your people yeah. It yeah. gets, it gets really bad, man. Um, so I, I have so much um, love and admiration and respect for everybody on both sides of those tables yeah, who do yeah. cons because they're so necessary. <laughs> so do you have like a con coming up that uh, people could meet you at? I do. It's in Canada. Oh, um, Canada. What part? Is it uh, the Vancouver one? 
No, I haven't been over there yet. We just moved up to uh, British Columbia a year ago, just about a year ago, just over a year ago okay. um, for uh, for a um, graduate program that I'm doing. But the oh. very first thing we did is like, okay, where are the cons? Let's find yeah. the cons. And we're, <laughs> I don't know if it's all of Canada or just British Columbia or our town in particular, but the nerd to population ratio is nice. huge. Nice. It's awesome. There are yeah. so many game stores. Oh, that's so cool. Was like they're just everywhere, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in in if you happen to be in British Columbia, I will be at Pentacon, uh, which is in a small town called Penticton yeah. in British Columbia on the 21st and 22nd of October. Nice. And I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so now I bring my son and he gets he does his cosplay and just yeah. walks the floor all day. And everybody, I just, I love the, for the most part, I know there are some exceptions, but overall yeah. the safety of yeah. a good con, like yeah. I can, he's fine. These are people who are going to take care of him. You know, yeah, I know yeah. these people and it's just so, I mean, we are so, we are like you and I, and I think, and presume the people who tune in with you yeah. are so lucky to have yeah. those fandoms and like those sure. groups of people who are just, they're irreplaceable. You yeah. Know? yeah. Can't love them enough. <laughs> well, you're in one of the most beautiful places in the Americas. Uh, yes. I think British Columbia is gorgeous. Um, it is. Yeah. I love Vancouver. And, yeah. So it yeah, is. You're lucky. lucky. You're lucky, lucky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Tom, thank you again so much. I can't tell you. I hope we could do this again too. Sure. Um, yeah, I would love to bring you back on. Love the conversation mm -hmm. and uh really appreciate your time. And I thank wish you. you the very best. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And thank you guys all for uh for tuning in. I yeah, just good to be here. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> appreciate it, Tom. Have a good one. You too. Take care. All right, you too. Bye bye.